again. He gets the edge and he's brilliantly caught by Kawaja in the gully. Drops it at his toes and comes through for a single for the first time in the Australian summer. An Australian batsman gets the chance to kiss the bat. Head down the pitch. He drives. This could be it. He beats it off. The arm is in the air already. There's nothing quite like your first test century. The Renegades have proved that nothing is impossible. This is Test Cricket. Covering cricket across Australia and right around the globe. This is Stumps with Bryce McGain and Jordan Cornelis. Well, the wait always feels like forever, but now we're only less than a week away from the opening test of the summer. And what will we get? The squad selection for the Aussies during the week answered a few questions, but maybe not all of them. And have Pakistan played themselves into form after a couple of tour matches? We'll find out in Brisbane. Plus, the Shield cricket, it continues to heat up and some uh, results on the weekend, which has a lot of people fascinated at the storylines of the domestic season. And, of course, the WBBL continues to entertain. Bryce McGain and Jordan Canellas with you on Stumps this afternoon. Hello, Bryce. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to be here with you again too, Jordan. And, uh, again, we've had a great preview uh, and Plenty of domestic cricket to to digest, T20 cricket to digest from the Australian perspective as well. But, yeah, it is exciting. We're only just a handful of days away. On Thursday is the first test, Australia versus Pakistan. And uh, I don't know, I think the Australians might be a little bit fearful. Yeah, so the I reckon the dynamics of the last week have, have changed how we've uh, been thinking about this test match leading in. I think we all would have thought that uh, Australia would – Probably be the favourites, despite the, uh, the 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 unsure nature of, of the makeup of the squad. But I don't know. Do you reckon opinions have changed after the Australia A match during the week because Pakistan looked pretty good? Yeah, most definitely. I think they have, and uh, it's been a bit of a wake up for the the Australians and probably the public as well. You know, what if Pakistan got? We'll get them on the fast wicket, the Gabba, and everything will be okay. They've got firepower, so they're bowling mm. attack really shook up the Australia A batsmen. It was really an opportunity for all the, the the players striving for potentially two spots, maybe three, to see, okay, well, who, who's going to take it on? But they just crumbled under the pressure of that game. And uh, they every not one batsman really took charge. Maybe Cameron Bancroft, his 49 in the middle order, a position that he got because yeah. Nick Madison actually came out of the team. But... Uh, what a fortunate, uh, opportunistic uh, 49 that he got. He he now comes into the test squad of 14. So he was the only, it was really the only batsman in the team who took his opportunity. And as you said, it did come to him late. But this this Australia A match was set up specifically for players to, to have a last chance to, to set themselves up for, for the squads after we've already had four rounds of the Sheffield Shield season. And, uh, and none of the batsmen, apart from Bancroft in that lower order, took their uh, opportunities and that was that was it was a, a shock would you say or just a, a great disappointment well it was a great disappointment but probably credit to Pakistan as well they have some firepower they've come over here for Australian conditions they've been grooming these fast bowlers uh, some of them as young as 16 and they've got some real wheels and they they shook up our, our batting lineup so we've had for for the players who played in that Australia a game they had three shield games leading into it and no one really nailed it. Um, it was it was Marcus Harris who scored 100 in the first game, 50 in the next, and and another 50. So he's probably got the credentials at this point uh, to 
to stand up, but he's the one that's actually missed out. Joe Burns comes in. He scored only 150 this year in the first Shield games. and Oh, sorry, 250s. I apologise. He, he's averaging 30 in first-class cricket in the, in the first four games where Harris is averaging 43 and is the incumbent in the spot. So that surprised yeah. me a little bit that they made that change to go with Burns. They're talking about the improvement that Burns has made. I'm not quite seeing it with the results just yet. Zero and 11 against the Pakistanis did not really convince me. Nor did Harris's 16 and 20. Nor did Kawaja's 6 and 37. And and Travis Head in the middle order got 13 and uh, 13 not out. So no one really grabbed the opportunity. So to to see Marcus Harris on the on the outer of the the first test is a, is a bit disappointing. Uh, but Burns maybe with his record up at the Gabba and. Uh, his test record being relatively solid, albeit some time ago, um, he gets the nod. Yeah, this is this is the main uh, discussion point, I think, for the Australian team, isn't it? Because the rest of the side looks... Uh, well, the bowlers are settled. We know that the, 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 the normal four are going to be picked from New South Wales. We know Tim Payne... Well, in behind that is James Pattinson, who I saw playing the Shield game this week, and he bowled with real venom. He mm. was absolutely fantastic on... On a wicket at the MCG, which is lively, we're getting get some life into the test match. Don't stress anybody. The Boxing Day test will still remain at the MCG. Yeah. We've had a warning because it, the, the pitch has been so placid, but it had some real life and some bounce and carry over the full four days. It seemed a bit. James Pattinson took his opportunity. Four wickets in the second innings, couple uh, in the first. And Michael Nisa got picked for a reason as well. And that's right. The Gabber is his is his home deck too. Yeah, being able to swing the ball both directions and bowl. At good pace, so there's good backup for that, that that fast bowling lineup, but I suspect it still will be Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, and Lyon bowling yeah. uh, as the spinner. So you're right, but the backup is going pretty well. Yeah. So yeah, it's the it's the openers position, and I, I I would have liked to have seen Marcus Harris keep that spot. He was the incumbent, as you said. Plus his home summer from 12 months ago wasn't that bad. Um, he had a, 1188 had a, runs at 69 shows that pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Absolutely. So the inclusion then of Cameron Bancroft, what do you what do you make of that? Because he was the the first opener picked along with David Warner for the Ashes, dropped after a couple of tests. Um, told he had to go back and improve. And have we seen that improvement from him? Yeah. So the the current after the Ashes when they arrived back, Justin Lang was crystal clear for all the batsmen. The currency we deal in is runs. And that's what we want to see. So Bancroft's summer uh, as an opener uh, in the first three Shield games has been 30, 0, 10, 6 not out, 0 and 11. Now, that doesn't hold up too strong to be in the final 14 of a test lineup for me. Now, he has gone in. There's talk about him being a concussion sub if anything happens and all that sort of stuff. Look... I just don't think you need to pick that. Um, put it into a squad of 13. If you're a bit unsure if it's an extra spinner or a bowler, then that's fine. You can get a batter there. I- any flight around Australia is, is not yeah. far away, so you can get another batsman there pretty quickly. Uh, so I, I, I don't think we need to be picking for concussion subs. Yeah. So d- does this then signal to you that uh, Bancroft is higher up the pecking order than Marcus Harris as far as openers go? Because that's, that's how I read it. If if Cameron Bancroft, after a year long or a nine month long suspension for him, came back into the test lineup and got first dibs at uh, the opener spot for the Ashes, yep. and Marcus Harris was the incumbent and didn't, I mean, he was considered, but didn't get the spot, 
um, and now he's been picked, Cameron Bancroft, ahead of Marcus Harris in this squad, then that tells me that Bancroft clearly has higher ranking up the uh, up the list than Marcus Harris does. Yeah, I think he does. So if we look at the Shield games last year, Bancroft missed a lot of it. He only played the last four Shield games. 392 runs at 56. Good record. Um, Harris, in comparison, Harris, 1,188 runs at 69. So Shield cricket weighs towards Harris. More value there. The, the season so far, three Shield games, no 50s for Bancroft, 102 50s for Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and across, and including the Aussie A game, 302 runs for Harris, averaging 43 uh, for Bancroft. 106 runs, including the 49 in that Aussie A game, at an average of 17. So you weigh it up. The numbers don't stack up. The form doesn't stack up. Um, The incumbency, if that's worth anything, he's in the last test team, Harris. That hasn't stacked up either for him, unfortunately. I, I, I'm, I feel for him a bit because he hasn't done a lot wrong. No. And maybe they're discounting the runs that have been made at the Junction Oval, saying, well, everyone made 100 there because that's the venue where he did make 100 against yep. South Australia. But you've still got to make them. You've still got to make the decisions. You've still got to concentrate for 200 balls to get your 100, and, and that's what he was able to do. So I'm surprised. I was surprised they made a change there and, and and brought in Bancroft and Burns. Burns looks certain to open the batting with Dave Warner, um, but and look, that's that's the way it'll go. Uh, Two hundred and thirteen runs at thirty this year for Joe Burns and uh, a couple of fifties. Um, you know, it just doesn't weigh up for me. Who, who's the better batsman out of the three, regardless of runs? Who would who do you just like the look of more? Well, I look at look of Harris, and yep. maybe I'm a little biased because I get to see him more. Mm-hmm. So I do get to see him regularly. Every home Victorian Shield game for the last couple of years, I've been there and watched. So I do get to see him, and I've seen him make some terrific innings um, at the MCG over the journey and at the Junction Oval as well. Um, I, I think he, he's done everything to hold on to the spot and perform and do exactly dealing the currency they want. Sure, he would have loved to have converted a couple of those 50s into 100s, as I'm sure would um, Joe Burns have liked to have done that. And that's probably the knock on Joe Burns, his ability to get to 50, but then not go on and make big runs. Harris absolutely does that. Yeah, yeah. I think both times I've seen, uh, when I when Joe Burns was first in the test team and then when Marcus Harris was in the side, I think I was I liked the look of both of them. I don't know if I've, if I've been totally convinced yet by Cameron Bancroft, but... We'll see anyway if he does get an opportunity for Pakistan. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, do you think uh, that they were with Will Pekoski? Do you think he was selected in that group and actually withdrew himself? Uh, in the group to be selected in the yeah, squad? Yeah, we, we don't actually know um, the answer. We're speculating here a bit. I think, uh, no, I don't think he would have been selected either way yep. in the first test. I think they would have played him with an eye to maybe picking him later on in the summer. But I don't think, stacked up against the other batsmen in the Australia A uh, set up. I don't. I think he was a bit lower down the uh, the prioritisation order. Yep. But they definitely picked him for a reason, and I think that reason was to maybe have an eye to having him in later in the summer. Yeah. That's yeah, I think so. Look, he's right right on the radar as is Nick yeah. Maddinson, and both um, having a break from cricket once again uh, through uh, their, their mental health and having a break from that, which is, uh, look, as I said on Stumps last week, I was, I'm really positive that Cricket Australia are doing something about it. I look forward to what the, the Players Association will do in a proactive sense and, and how we continue to support it. Because after all, it's a game they're playing. It's a game. And sometimes yeah. the pressure of it is applied way too hard. It's not the thing that defines them as a person. It's, it's a game that they play. Mm-hmm. They play a game. Yeah, they do it for their job. Yes, they do it professionally. 
But after all, it is a game. So it's having some perspective around that, rather than being the be-all and end-all to their lives, um, can probably uh, put, put, put things in order for them. Um, quick one on, on Pakistan. We yep. mentioned them at the top of this show about their, their bowlers and their pace, but uh, their squad overall. So during that Australia A game, we saw again the quality of Babar Azam, who we've spoken about for the last week or so as being their best batsman. They had runs in the middle order. Asad Shafiq as well made a, a ton in that Australia A game. Yep. Where where do the strengths lie for Pakistan? Yeah, Iftika Ahmed um, is also quite capable. He missed out in that game, but uh, he, he got a taste of the action in the Aussie A game as well. Look, this is probably going to be the Achilles heel. This is where they're going to be challenged. That They'll certainly be able to challenge the Australian batsmen with their firepower and and, um, and fight fire with fire, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some very talented bowlers, uh, tall and fast. I, I just think um, outside of a couple, um, they'd be hoping that they do well. They don't know exactly what they're going to get. We know that Baba Azam is going to bat well. He's right up there in the very best in the world. So he will bat well, and it'll be a matter for Australia to actually deal with him and have to get him out. But the other batsmen, I, I think it's more of, gee, we hope they are able to perform. We hope they're able to cope. Uh, it's a big step up when you look at the attacks. Australia A's attack, then we're stepping up to the the, the main boys in the test squad. Um, there is quite a gap. Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, and Lyon, yeah. there's a big difference. There's a big show coming up today here on Stumps. Uh, in a couple of moments, we'll speak to Sam Harper from the Victorian Sheffield Shield team after their agonising loss yesterday against Queensland. We'll uh, get the update from Stumps Bet, our own little uh, betting segment that we like to do <laughs> with our man Slits. And then we'll also go through the Sheffield Shield votes as well for the player of the year. But next here on Stumps, we're going to chat with Callum Ferguson from the South Australia Redbacks about their result in the Shield yesterday and uh, or over the weekend, I should say, and their season so far. So he's coming up next here on Stumps, Callum Ferguson. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you here this weekend, less than a week away from the start of the Test Summer, Australia against Pakistan in Brisbane. But we also turn our attention to the Sheffield Shields and that season continues to roll on. There have been some fantastic matches and results over the course of the weekend, in particular to Queensland. And later on uh, in this hour, we'll speak to Sam Harper from the losing side, Victoria, after their loss yesterday against the uh, the Bulls. But South Australia also had uh, a game with plenty of high scoring in this match. Didn't get a result in the end, but their draw to Tasmania uh, means that uh, South Australia uh, uh haven't got a result either, along with Victoria. Just the two draws and two losses for the South Aussies, but we cross over and speak to Callum Ferguson now, who joins us here on Stumps. Hello, Callum. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Nice to be back on the show. Uh, didn't get the result you're after on the weekend. Plenty of high scores, but uh, it was just a bit too high scoring, I think, to to, to get a result in the end. And and uh, the season maybe just hasn't gone the, the exact way that you guys would have panned out so far. No, that's right. Uh, we've been in some in some games um, right in there to get the result so far this year. Um, obviously, the first game at the, the junction um, was a you know a stalemate there, um, and then you know at the Gabba we didn't quite get the result there. Um, you know that was a bit of a seesawing affair. Um, this game, it, it whilst it was really flat for the first few days, there were signs in the pitch that. Um, 
you know, that, that a result was going to be possible. The first day was 34 degrees. The cracks really started to open up on day one. So we're all thinking, wow, we're in for a, an interesting game at the back end. Um, but the rest of the week, it was 18, 19, 18, I think. And um, the wicket didn't wear quite as much as what we thought it might. Um, but two really good declarations, I thought, from both sides, trying to get a result on the last day. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, the wicket did start to play a couple of tricks in the in the second half of the day on day four. Um, we probably missed a couple of chances in the field that we would have liked to have taken, and um, that didn't happen. And unfortunately, we fell two wickets short, and they'd probably be looking at it and going, look, we, we probably would have liked to have gone into that last session with a few more wickets in hand. Um, to really give that that target a nudge. But um, as it turned out, neither side really got the result they were looking for, but it was a fantastic game of cricket. Yeah, I think that's one of the things with Shield Cricket. You can play for four days and still get an enormous amount out of, out of it. What were some of the positives from South Australia? Obviously a big first inning score and just quietly your your second innings total of 82. Good to see you getting some runs, Ferb. Very but, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, it's good to see that. Uh, but what are the things that South Australia will really got out of this? What are the positives? Look, I think if, um, you know, what we have seen in the last few games is, um, you know, some good... Uh, Good progress from some of our young quicks. And, and Wes Agar's one who you guys would have seen a bit of last year when he went oh, back to Melbourne for a season. Um, but to see him step up the way he has in, in the um, first part of the season, it's just been really exciting. Um, he's bowling with really good pace. Um, but it's more so his consistency with his line and length, which I think surprised a lot of people. Um, I'd seen it a bit in um, in some representative cricket in zone cricket, the Redbacks League here, yep. um, playing in the same side of him as him before he went back to Melbourne. And he showed some really good signs there. And he's come out and done it in shield cricket, which uh, is really exciting for us because, um, you know, as a young quick with a bit of bit of extra pace, he's got a long, uh, long career ahead of him. Um, you know, those guys don't really come around all that often. Um, you know, you see guys come in with, with a bit of pace and a and um, you know a bit of re- a raw energy, but um, you know to see good pace with control, um, it's quite it's quite rare. So we're really excited by his future. Um, Joe Many coming back into the side and and getting through well and bowling well was a, a huge bo- a bonus for us. Yep. Um, but Henry Hunt, I think, is another one. You guys saw a bit of him in the first Shield game, I reckon. He batted uh, beautifully as the opener. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and to see him take to opening the batting and shield cricket um, so well and so comfortably um, is really exciting for us. Um, he was a good pickup for us in the off-season. Our scouts were out in Sydney last year and obviously, um, you know, found a really good one there. We're really excited by his work ethic and, you know, his ability to um, problem-solve, which uh, everyone's been talking a lot of with Steve Smith over the last few years. He's, he's willing to, um, you know, look at you know, where the potential threats are, talk about it with his, with his teammates and, um, and work through problems has been really, uh, really impressive for mine. So, um, yeah, I think out of this game, they're the two that I reckon um, are really starting to stand up for us and, and we're really excited about them. Well, we pause for a week now with the Sheffield Shield and we swing straight into one day. It's a bit like the old days. You play four days of a Shield game, have a break, and then straight into the one-day stuff. Um, firstly, I hope we find you in that one-day lineup and continuing in, in the team for South Australia. But you're, you're right in the mix here. Um, you're third on the table, three and two, and there's a good opportunity coming up against Western Australia uh, tomorrow at the Karen Rolton Oval. 
Yeah, there is. Uh, and we have been playing really good uh, one-day cricket. We, um, we probably missed a, a chance in, a, in, in, in one of the games earlier in the season, but um, we feel like we're playing pretty consistently. Um, where we haven't been able to put the full four days together in the, um, in the Sheffield Shield, where over the last sort of four or five years, we've been very consistent in the one-day format. So, um, you know, we're, we're going in with a really strong side into the game tomorrow. Um, however, um, we know WA, I mean, they're star-studded at the moment, aren't they? So, they sure are. So um, we're in for a real contest. Um, the wicket at Karen Rolt Noble is usually a, a really good one. So it should be a fantastic game of cricket. Um, and, you know, obviously with so many fantastic players in both sides, um, it's going to be a, a great spectacle for the fans that do come down. Callum, what have you made of your own form so far this uh, this season? You've played probably more one-day games than you have first class, but a great innings, as Bryce pointed out, with your 82 against Tasmania. What's been your self-assessment so far this, this season? Yeah, I feel like I'm batting really well at the moment. Um, my, my form, um, whenever I've been at the crease, I've felt like it's been really good. Um, I've made quite a few starts in both formats and, and managed to get a, a decent score in both as well. But um, I feel like I'm consistently... Um, getting a good start and then um, you know just starting to put some bigger scores on the board now. So I'm pleased with how I'm batting. I was disappointed to be left out of uh, the Shield side at the start of the year. I didn't really expect that, but um, you know I'm I'm really pleased to be back in there now and uh, feel like I've got a lot to contribute. So hopefully I can contribute to another win um, tomorrow afternoon. Absolutely, uh, Sydney Thunder again with the big bash as captain. Yes, and I'm really excited about that opportunity. Um, we've got a fantastic squad. We've recruited really well um, and recruited smartly, I think. So um, looking forward to the challenge of captaining, but uh, also understanding that we've got a fantastic group of players that uh, you know, are quite, quite good at managing themselves. So I don't think they're going to make it too difficult for me. I'm really excited about the chance to um, get out there and, and hopefully uh, have a big season with the Thunder. We miss, we just missed the finals last year. Um, we had a couple of games that we probably let slip and, and an interesting one where the lights went out at, uh, at the Gabba. But yep. um, certainly feel like we've got a side um, that's improving. So we're really looking forward to the, to the season. Well, we're looking for you, forward to you firing there. One last one before you go. How's the golf game going? Hitting them all right? <laughs> Not too bad. Just starting to find a bit of form. Um, back into into seven point something, I think seven point six or something like that. So I'm nice. starting to feel like I'm finding some rhythm. So that's uh, that's always really important, isn't it, during the summer? Well, it is. Make sure it, the golf games in order. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is, Fergan. I think uh, your form correlates well to your golf game too. When you're making runs, <laughs> you're playing good golf and vice versa. So long may yeah, it continue. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Callum, thank you very much for joining us today on Stumps. Good luck tomorrow against W8s, a battle between second v third on the one-day cup table. So I hope it goes well and the rest of your season does as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good on you, Ferg. Callum Ferguson here on Stumps. Bryce McGain and Jordan Canellas with you from South Australia. We'll go over to Victoria next and chat with Sam Harper, the wicketkeeper of the Vicks. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you. And we, well, in the lead up to the uh, tests, we can't forget that the Sheffield Shield continues on, and we've just completed the fourth round of the uh, domestic first class season. And uh, we look back to the results from the weekend, and it was a tough day uh, yesterday for the Victorians. They've struggled their way through the first four rounds of this season. It must be said, Bryce, after winning last season, it's been a bit tough going for the Vicks. 
and a 59-run loss yesterday to Queensland. Just compounded that a little bit. They sit on the bottom of the table, unfortunately. But to give us an update on how the group is feeling at the moment is Victorian Sheffield Shield wicketkeeper Sam Harper, who joins us here on Stumps. Hello, Sam. How are you? G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Tough loss yesterday. Came right down to the wire against Queensland. You probably thought you had it heading into the last innings, but it just all went a bit pear-shaped. Yeah, it was. It was a great game of cricket. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, we were on the wrong side of it this time. Uh, Yeah, we've had a lot of success in the last four or five years and we're doing everything we can to try and emulate this year. And, unfortunately, in the first few games, that hasn't panned out. It was an interesting game, Sam. I I was there uh, commentating the... Well, from ball one to right to the very the exciting end, and it looked like Victoria were well in control, particularly after the first session, uh, and having Queensland at one stage seven for ninety. But Queensland just never said die; they they kept on fighting, even though they had a bit of a deficit in that first innings. And as Victoria pressed on to towards three hundred, um, they they never ever stopped. So you've certainly got to have a lot of respect and credit for how they played. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I think it's given in a shield game that both teams are going to just give everything until the final ball is bowled. That happened to be eight balls to go yesterday. Um, and, yeah, credit to them. They played really well. Um, but as you mentioned, I thought we, it's, we can harp about the loss, but there was a lot of positives for us in the game. We pretty much controlled the first three days. And, yeah, heading into yesterday morning, um, I thought we were a really good chance to chase down that total, even 180. I thought on that wicket it was playing pretty well day three and day four. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't to be. What was the approach uh, once you got that last wicket and how you went out and bat in that second innings? What what was the approach uh, spoken to you by the skipper and the, the coaching staff? Yeah, it was just uh, – it's been the same message since I uh, started playing years ago at Victoria. That's one of the strengths we've had in Lockie Stevens. Um, and Andrew McDonald and Petey Hanskin as the captain. It's just that each batter goes out there and backs their skill, backs their preparation and um, sticks to their method, um, which has proven to have us a lot of success over the past. And um, unfortunately, the state of Queensland bowls bowled, bowled extremely well and we weren't, we weren't able to chase down the target. How, how does a dismissal, there's a few interesting dismissals and I, I, yeah. I know you can't comment greatly about the umpiring and I won't put you in that yeah. position, but... From a playing group, when something happens like Eamon Vines, who put his gloves above his head and the ball brushed yeah. his ribs and uh, went through, what happens in the playing group uh, when that happens? Obviously, Eamon Vine comes off and he's probably a bit dirty. How did he take it and what do the playing group do? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. It's extremely frustrating. Uh, it is frustrating, but we walk out to bat and we can make, make a mistake and get out. And I guess the umpires can make mistakes too. We, we are all human after all, but... Uh, when it is your opening batter who gets hit on the chest and has a bruise there, um, who was looking really solid and can occupy the crease as he as he can, um, yeah, that's extremely frustrating. But then, vice versa, if you're Queensland, um, when Trem nicked one to second slip and it wasn't given out, I'm sure they were feeling extremely nervous as well with eight balls to go when they really had the game wrapped up eight overs ago. So it swings roundabout. You never like to see it, but yeah, the umpires are human; they make mistakes as well. So was it? Do you think it was the umpires, uh, Sam, or the the Queensland bowlers, or was it a, a, an equal combination of the two that um, I suppose really drilled into into your side? Oh, no, I'm definitely never going to say it was the umpires. We had 180 runs to get, um, and we weren't good enough to chase them. That's that's one wicket out of ten. Um, we had nine other players able to go who 
were dismissed by their bowls or got themselves out. So, um, yeah, there's no excuses there. Mitchell Swepson bowled pretty well for a leg spinner, picked up a hat-trick in the first innings and, uh, and, and took further wickets uh, later in the match as well. Uh, what was your yeah. take on how he bowled? Yeah, I thought he bowled really well. He bowled quite um, quickly through the air. I'm sure you enjoyed watching it. Bryce is a fellow leg spinner. Uh, <laughs> I, I did, Sam, quite, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it was happening to Victoria. I didn't like that bit, but I, I did know. like watching him. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you enjoyed watching the skill um, and the way he executed. He bowled quite quickly through the air, um, but he also varied his pace quite well. He had that sort of that ball out the front, which skidded on, um, which was my downfall yesterday, and then also that one where he went, came right over the top of it and extracted quite good bounce and spin, um, which went through to Pearson a lot of the time. So, uh, but that's what you want in a day four shield wicket. You want the spinner to be able to come in and have a bit of variation in the wicket, have a bit of uneven bounce. And uh, unfortunately, we lost yesterday. But it was great to see people around the bat and shield cricket alive and well. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. One of the players and a, a shining light for Victoria was James Pattinson. Uh, he looks back to his absolute best. He was flying in in the second innings and gave some big efforts. He bowled 28 overs, four for 66 in that second innings. Batted well in the first innings as well. Um, you're in the box seat there. You're taking it to the gloves. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, um, Pat is awesome to play with. He gives his heart and soul to the team uh, and he gives his heart and soul to every contest when he's bowling. So you're never going to question the effort he gives. But I think a lot of people talk about his effort, but he also brings that skill, like his, just his ability to hold his length, um, set batsmen up, uh, yeah, for me as a young wicket keeper and a young player in the team, it's it's really exciting to be able to wicket keep to that and see how he goes about his business. And it's nice to be keeping, not batting to him. And the pace was up. He had his pace up. Uh, what would you estimate him to be bowling at in the game? Yeah, that's right. I brought a couple of hot spots in my hand today. Actually, need a day off the day off the mitt. Hands <laughs> 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 a bit sore. He was hitting the gloves pretty hard, um, especially when he's coming around the wicket trying to bounce a few of their tail enders out. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm not. Sure. I'm not. Didn't have a speed gun on me, but I'd say if I it would be pushing mid one forties, I would have thought it was. Mm. It looked pretty quick to me. Sam, it was uh, it was some uh, first match for young Jake Fraser McGurk and also Will Sutherland making their Shield debuts, and of course uh, Lockie Stevens in his first uh, in his first match as the well, at least the interim head coach for the time being for uh, for the Vicks uh, after Andrew McDonald yeah. moved up to the Aussies. Um, what did you make of especially the two young guys, Jake and and Will Sutherland, in their debuts? Yeah, I think it's it's great for Victorian cricket that there's exciting young players coming through. Um, we've been so lucky to have the playing group we've had for so long, and it's great that those guys are still around um, to pass on their knowledge and experience. But um, for young Jakey to come in and make 50 in his first innings, that's really exciting. He'll make his one-day debut, I think, tomorrow. He's in the squad of 12 to, for tomorrow's game, which is exciting. And then Willie Sutherland, we've seen what he can do in the one-days. And, um, yeah, he just sort of effortlessly... Seemed came his first ball in shield cricket was right on the length and um, came around and would get straight away to the lefty and nicked him off and um, he was away so it was a pretty smooth transition for them both and I'm sure we'll see a lot of success for them in the future. Was uh, was Jake Fraser McGurk always someone that uh, was being spoken about as as being someone who could come into the into the shield team very soon or, or was he one that came up out of the blue? Uh, uh yeah, I, I think it. I don't think it came out of the blue. I think there was always big, um, big raps on him. He was, he's been a promising young player for a while now, and we all know his um, ability with the bat and his ability to take the game on with the bat, which is what sort of excites everyone because he just goes out there and plays his shots and his extreme talent. And then, yes, yeah, so it was great to see um, 
Harry and a few of the boys in the Australia A side, which provided an opportunity for him to get in there and um, show his stuff. Now, the sun did come up this morning. I know it's a very gloomy day, and uh, I know it can feel like, uh, yeah, it, it, it never will come up again. But it did, and uh, mm-hmm. I guess the good thing is uh, in preparation today, uh, you have a one-day Marsh Cup game at the MCG tomorrow against New South Wales. Now, that is a team that's in good form. What do you know about their lineup and uh, who they've brought down ready for that one-day game? Yeah, they've been they've been playing some really good one-day cricket. New South Wales and Victoria, we always um, seem to have a really good contest with one another, so it's always an exciting game to look forward to. I think Dan Hughes has peeled off a couple of hundreds in his um, last few one-day games, so he'll be a key wicket up the top for him there. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, New South Wales have got class players coming through on Reeks, Neville, um, Abbott and the like. So yeah, it'll be a tough contest, but uh, it's pretty cool to be playing in the Sunday Marsh game at the MCG, which we've been fighting for in the last few years with um, Cricket Australia to get these one-days on the big venues. So yeah, to play a day-nighter tomorrow on a, on a Sunday, hopefully there'll be a few people there and a be a cool experience. Oh, it'll be fantastic. Uh, one last one before we do let you go. Uh, really interested, and, and so is the whole public, and probably the cricket world is really interested in the wicket at the MCG. You spent four days out there. Looked to be a vast yeah. improvement from where, my position uh, in the commentary box, but uh, having played on it, what have you noticed to be the differences between the last couple of years and what you experienced in the first Shield game there? Yeah, absolutely. it's going to be... A- Big talking point, especially leading up to the uh, Boxing Day test, which is coming up quite quickly, really. Uh, with I think last year we he had there was games where we tried to put a, fair, a lot of grass on it, like even 12, 13 mil. But um, it can be hard as a curator because we played a game there against WA last year. Where it was thirty nine degrees and it seemed to kill all the grass, and then it was just flat for four days. Whereas this game, um, for the first time in ages, there was ten wickets on the first day. We won the toss and bowled, and then on day four there was variable bounce and enough there for the bowling team to take well there was 13 wickets on the last day so um, I think it would be pretty harsh from the public to not be happy with that sort of outcome so I'm sure Matt Page was happy with how the week turned out Was it encouraging to see the ball just seeming just a little bit even throughout the whole day rather than being slow and low with the catches in front of the wicket? Definitely, yeah I think everyone enjoys a contest where um, you want to see 40 wickets, you want to see a game of it you don't want to see a like draw um, no disrespect to the junction the other week but a game where both teams bat only once is not really what you want to see in a shield game so um, it was great you want as a wicket keeper you sort of you have a pretty good position on it because when you're keeping you want to be in the game trying to get a nick uh, but then when you bat you also want to be able to make a few runs so <laughs> the yeah, keeper of sort of yeah you can you want the wicket to do enough so you can get a few nicks and then you want to flat enough that you can make a few runs and I think um, this week proved that batters got in and made a few runs and then there was also 40 wickets for the game so yeah it was a really good wicket Sam good luck for tomorrow good luck for the rest of the shield season as well and uh, and for your own personal fortunes uh, for the domestic season ahead and hopefully the Vicks can for your sake get a few more results uh, in both competitions thank you for joining us no no worries Jordan thanks Bryce cheers Sam Harper, the Victorian Sheffield Shield wicketkeeper, joining us here on Stumps after a tough loss to take, but the season continues on, Bryce. It sure does. Big one day coming, and that's the great thing about cricket. There's more to come very, very quickly, so you've got to keep your wits about you. We'll wrap things up next here on Stumps. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain wrapping things up with you. And Bryce, uh, probably a good time to... Check in with uh, our man Slits at Stumpsbet because it is only less, less than a week away 
uh, before the start of the tests. So we've got to know what the odds are. Absolutely. It's it's definitely time to check in with uh, with Slitz. And uh, the market uh, this week, is, uh, we've got a few interesting ones for us, I know, Slitz. Uh, welcome to you. Yep. Um, Thanks, Bryce. Hello, Jordan. Really interested in, uh, in 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 what you the commentary group, I suppose, and and Shane Warne and what he's uh, yep. up to this summer. I'm glad you've asked, Bryce, because to be honest, there hasn't been much interest in the actual cricket. Uh, it's more to do with our exotics, and uh, we do have a market <laughs> on Warney's favourite name on the first day of the the Gabba Test. His favourite name that he's going to pretend he's a 12 year old boy and behave like the juvenile that he is. <laughs> so I know our punters have they've come hard for this. Um, at eight dollars, it's Manus Lubbershugney. We know Warney liked that one over the Ashes. Uh, at eleven dollars is Travis Head. We do know Warney, like I said, um, grade six sort of sense of humour. So Travis Head should get a run. Uh, one for our Pakistani friends is uh, Fakar Zaman. He's he's at at a dollar eighty, and the punters have come very hard for him. There's been some real money in the last week for young Victorian uh, Bryce Jake Fraser McGurk. I think Warney will take absolute delight in pronouncing his name. So hopefully he gets a run in the big bash. He probably, um, he obviously is not going to play in the first test, but I reckon Warney will get his name in there as much as he can. McGurk, McGurk. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's pretty good value. Um, at uh, That was at 81 and it's coming to $15 this week based on his uh, good performance in the Shield match last week. <laughs> He'll slip him in somewhere, Warney, I'm sure. How about, will Channel 7 have the rights now? That's their second summer coming into it. And we know Channel 7 love a, love a good TV promo. What, what do you reckon we might see on the screens this summer? Yeah. They went really hard last year. Obviously, they didn't have the tennis. Channel 9 and Channel 7 swapped. So with Channel 7, their traditional favourite, My Kitchen Rules, MKR, if it's not the, the, the main advertisement, it's always scrolling along the bottom when you're trying to read the score <laughs> with Manu giving updates on Filet Mignon or something like that. <laughs> that's a crowd favourite. That's that's $1.60, proven performer at this level. Um, Australia's got talent. That was really terrible last year, but uh, <laughs> we know they'll go hard. That's into $3.80. And I don't know whether you guys are across this, but Big Brother has actually moved to Channel 7. There'll be a massive PR push, and the punters agree. Um, it started at 7s, and it's actually coming to $4.50. Oh, but get on. I do have a Schlitz. Yeah, yeah. Well, get it's up on. to you, but I've got a Schlitz, I've got a Schlitz special for you. Um, I don't know. I've got a friend of a friend of a friend who works at Channel 7, and I don't know if you know this, but in 2020, they're actually pushing a show called Mega Mini Golf. So if it's a wet summer and Michael Slater's trying to get through a 20-minute rain delay, the promos they will do with him with a golf putter and a pink ball will be, they'll just blow us through the roof. So have a look at it. It's $41. I don't know if it'll get a real good run, but for 41 bucks you can't go wrong. That's not a bad outsider. What's this week's Boogie Buster? The Boogie Buster, well, it was um, for one of the Marsh brothers to get a test match this summer. We know that... Sean is old and washed up and has had 15 chances. Mitch has got a broken hand because he was behaving like a petulant child. But we know Trevor Holmes will get them in, whether they're injured, washed up, retired, whatever. Trevor Holmes will pick them this summer in some test match. So uh, we're going to pay out early on that one. The Marsh Brothers, someone will pay play this year, so we're going to pay out all our punters. Well done to uh, all those who got on early enough. <laughs> well played for that one. And we've got a charity bet as well. Uh, yeah, you're the Bryce McGain charity bet. We like to get you involved in this with your cricket knowledge. So um, 
we, we've tried to come up with something a bit different this week. So what we're going to do, um, and if you get up on this, our charity of choice actually this week is the Travis Head Tongue Reduction Fund. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise <laughs> enough money through Travis's charity to get him over to New York for surgery because the way he sticks his tongue out when he plays a cover drive, it's just causing him to lose balance and fall over. <laughs> so we're trying to get him to have his tongue inside his mouth. Um, so Bryce, it's up to you. We're going to give you a $200 free bet. But what you need to do is get the combination right. Um, it's a two-leg multi. So first of all, we need to know the exact height of Pakistan's tallest bowler in the first test at the Gabba. So what have you got for me there? Well, I, I would suggest it's over two, 204. Okay, we'll lock in 204. And the other double uh, we need to know is the exact flavour and colour of Gatorade that Pat Cummins is going to take to fine leg the second over of the test match. <laughs> the, the colour he's going to have a sip from yep. after he bowls. Yep. I need to know the yep, cast bowler, Gatorade, you know it's going to happen. What's I, the flavour? It's got to be Aussie gold. It's got to be the gold, uh, yeah. the orange flavour. Interesting. I'm thinking Interesting. gold or orange. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, normally when he bowls from the Bolger Street end, he takes a blue Gatorade with him. So it's interesting mm. you've gone with the Aussie gold. That's, uh, oh, let's, I'll pump that into the Atari laptop and see what, that's coming at $51 that combo. So um, if that gets up, I'm not very good at maths. That's 10 grand, I reckon. Well, Travis so, Head um, will go to New York. Yeah, we, we need to get him that tongue reduction surgery and, <laughs> and that'll just be good for all cricket fans for the next few summers to come. So thanks, Bryce. Let's <laughs> hope that gets up. Let's hope so. Thank you, Slits. Uh, we'll get the updates no worries, from guys. Stumpsbed over the summer. Thank you, mate. <laughs> and don't forget, boys, the more you bet, the more I win. <laughs> Slits there with Stumpsbed. <laughs> Oh, good value as always, Bryce McGain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good to have a, a light-hearted look at uh, what's going on around cricket. Um, now, we have Sheffield Shield Player of the Year votes, uh, all up to date at round four. Um, Mitchell Stark is leading with six votes. Jackson Bird with six votes as well. The bowlers on top there. Moses Reeks with four. And Marnus Labashane with four as well. So, uh, you reckon that's a good reflection so far of the Shield it's a, it's a mixed bag, isn't it? We've had, there hasn't really been too many consistently consistent players, if that makes sense. That we've got a lot of uh, variation across the threes and the and the twos so far, but it's just Stark and Bird leading the way. Yeah, well, they've had both two really good games of of the first group uh, with the ball. So, uh, look, I think it is a good reflection, and and look, good to see with Jackson Bird. He was. Much sought after as the, the, the backup in the pace attack. Um, I, I guess he's just a victim that there are so many quicks going well. Boy, it's going to be a big week. Uh, the few uh, domestic one days to keep an eye on and yep. uh, the last opportunity to have a look at the Pakistanis before the first test on Thursday. I can't wait. Absolutely. So what's your tip then for, uh, for the test match? Well, I think Australia are going to win. I have no doubt about that. But I don't think it's going to be quite as easy as we think. So, uh, of course, with the Pakistan bowling very, very strong, uh, but I think our bowlers uh, will, will be able to get through the Pakistan batsmen. But I can't wait to see it up at the Gabba. Absolutely. Bryce McGain, pleasure again. Have a great weekend. See you again next week. This has been Stumps with Jordan Canellison, Bryce McGain. Enjoy the first test. <laughs>